Tonight's program is missing approximately five minutes of audio. Our recording computer apparently had some trouble, so if you hear a skip or two or three, I don't know how many there will be uh, during the show, it's probably not your player. It's our fault. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. On the way, we'll talk about California. It's on fire, in case you haven't heard. Uh, But first, we're going to the phones. Amplifier line unscreened. Who's this? Hello? Yeah, hi, hon. This is Paula. <laughs> hey, hon. This is Paula in Colorado. <laughs> What's going yeah, on, uh, Brian? I was, just, I, was just, I was just talking to my senator, and they're talking right now uh, on the floor of the Senate. And they're going to have a vote on the, uh, on the draft. They're going to do the draft, you know, on. Is that right? Uh, I was just talking to my senator, yeah. <laughs> but the problem with it is that they're talking about the draft being slavery. They're not talking so about they do that. This, yeah, before they do this... Listen, hon, I'm telling you, my, okay. my, my senator just told me. I got the papers right here. Yeah, it just came off the fax machine. It, it, it did. It just came off the fax machine. Right. But they have to change some words around. And so, so before they can do this, they're, they're doing a, 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 a resolution that says um, freedom is slavery. Mm, that makes sense. Because they, they have to redefine slavery first. Yeah, there you go. So that way they can call the draft freedom, Right. Right. And, and, and while they're at it, they're also going to call war peace, and they're going to say ignorance is strength. Yeah, well, so once the, they redefine everything. You know, you you sound like you're being a little facetious, Paula, but uh, mm-hmm. at the same time, I think we are pretty much to that point where the, all kinds of crazy and, uh, double speak is going on in this country on the part of the you know, government. I, I'm, I, I, I'm telling you, it's true. My, I, I just got it off the fax machine. Yes, I believe the fax machine as well. Anything else on your mind? No, that's all I have. Thanks. <laughs> now people are doing Paula impressions. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I'd rather hear a Paula impression than one of me. Uh, so. California's on fire. Now, of course, we're a syndicated talk show, so we're on a bunch of stations across the country, and there's, that's one of the downsides of doing syndicated talk is we can't really shine like a local radio station can shine in the area of some sort of natural disaster. It's just a fact. You know, we can't uh, devote our show to... We've got, station, uh, we've got KCAA in California on board with us. I mm-hmm. think they're coming on early this hour. I'm not sure. Uh, but I know they're coming on next hour. Anyway, we've got a few stations in California. None of them are in the San Diego area, per se. KCAA is Loma Linda, which is to the uh, the east of Los Angeles. So that's our closest station. Uh, I'm sure there's some hectic stuff going on there, regardless of uh, all the evacuees. There's probably a lot of people uh, you know, rushing to San Diego to help, I would imagine. I imagine you're right. And Well, if they can get in, I'm, actually what's going on is they're, they're kicking a bunch of people out of uh, the San Diego area. So I'm sure all those evacuees are ending up in the Loma Linda area and, and the surrounding areas. And, uh, you know, so obviously we can't give you updates as to where the fires are and all that stuff just because it wouldn't work for our listeners on the East Coast and in the breadbasket and that sort of thing. And that's where syndicated radio sort of breaks down. So um, hopefully your local well, stations are, are keeping you apprised and the local news people right, are really if, doing If they break jobs. in on the show, they break in on the show. And, Absolutely. And, and, you know, you'll get the information you need. That's the way it but, should be. You know, I I went through quite a few hurricanes uh, down in Florida, and it's you, you run out of the energy to to keep apprised of the whole disaster as it as it goes out, and you wanna 
you want to get back to uh, real life, kind of see what it's like. So I think that well, the best thing we can do is provide a regular radio show for the folks out in California. Well, that is certainly what we can do and we will do, but uh, we still we still can talk about the issue. And there is an issue here, believe it or not, and that is, of course, fire protection. And uh, the story from LATimes.com is talking about how wind-whipped firestorms destroyed more than 700 homes and businesses on Monday alone in Southern California. That's pretty damaging. Uh, the second day of its onslaught, and more than half a million people in San Diego County were told to evacuate their homes. Uh, they're saying it's the biggest evacuation since Hurricane Katrina. The gale force winds turned hillside canyons into giant blowtorches from Santa Barbara to the Mexican border. Mm. This ain't quite like a hurricane. No. You know, you can drive through. If a hurricane's right. affecting an area, it's not the safest thing to be on the road, but you can get from one point to another relatively okay. Um, big gust of wind, not going to do that much to you unless you're driving a, a boxy vehicle that could theoretically be tipped by something like that. Uh, but if there's... The road's on fire. <laughs> yeah, you're going to melt your car. You're trapped wherever you are. You have to go around. And that's what some people are, were finding. They, they have been shutting down roads in California. Uh, the people that, that don't necessarily have access to the Internet are finding that it's very difficult to figure out where these fires are at. And uh, anyway, continuing the story here. Because it's, uh, it's an amazing one. Although the worst damage was around San Diego and Lake Arrowhead, dangerous fires also threatened Malibu and uh, some other parts in California. Late Monday night, new blazes were menacing homes, and they list some places. Soldad Canyon fires. Uh, the Soldad Canyon fire burned multiple homes, and evacuations were underway. Governor Schwarzenegger called it a tragic time for California and declared a state of emergency in seven counties and redeployed California National Guard members from the border to support firefighters. Oh, no! All the immigrants are going to get in during the fires. Uh, Schwarzenegger stressed how much California officials had learned since the devastating wildfires of October of 2003. See, the officials have learned a lot, but that hasn't done anything to actually stop the fires. Well, they've been learning, though. They've, they've right. probably spent a lot of money learning, too. Well, they're going to spend a lot of money trying to put these fires out, and I don't know how successful they're going to be. It's probably just going to burn itself out more so than anything else, because these, these fires are humongous. Yeah. I mean, have you seen any of the pictures? Yes, I have. Entire, just the skyline, glowing red and orange. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. Toby, stuff like this doesn't happen in New Hampshire, does it? No, no, I've never (laughs) heard of anything like this happening. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Little brush fires sometimes burn up an acre, but that's about as much as you're going to get. So as the day wore on, it became clear any harder knowledge was no match for natural forces overrunning the ability of firefighters to control them. Uh, and so, you know, it, it goes on. The article goes on to explain, you know, how difficult it is for the firefighters to fight these things. Now, I don't want to make it sound like I'm being mean to firefighters. I honestly don't know jack squat about fighting fires, okay? First thing foremost, let's, let me get that out in the clear. I've done a little volunteering at some fire stations. But what I do know is that government agencies, whether they be the fire department or whether they be uh, welfare or the military or the post office, they don't have incentives to get things done efficiently and effectively. It's just a fact of life. I would say that's more the um, you know the upper echelon of the fire department than the lower echelon. I mean, those guys are going to go in there and they're going to put their lives on the line and they're going to fight that fire, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. I just wonder if the entire they're fighting it the most effective way. Right. I just wonder if there wouldn't be more innovation in the world of fighting fires if we actually had competition. In the world of fighting fires, because 
in almost every area of the country, you pick up that phone and you call 911 if there's a fire, you call the fire department, and there's... There's only one fire department. There may be different iterations of it around the, you know, the area in order to respond faster. You know, you might get station number one versus station number three, but they're not different entities. It's still the same government program, and they probably haven't made too many fundamental changes in firefighting. I'm sure they have some new equipment that comes out from time to time, but there probably hasn't been any real radical fundamental change in the world of firefighting over the last 50 years. And if you can tell me different, I'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. But the fact well, is... I think there's been foams and that kind of thing. I want to talk about that in a moment. Uh, but the, the fact is, competition brings innovation. It does. And innovation in the world of keeping your home safe would seem to be something that would be valued highly by consumers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Consumers, if they found out that, uh, for instance, an insurance company or some sort of fire protection company that was operating in the marketplace was, uh, was offering something akin to, hey, we'll protect your home better with this new technology if you sign up with our service. And that's going to draw customers. And, of course, if the other companies, knowing they're going to lose customers to this new upstart or this uh, other competitor that's been innovating, they're going to be putting a little bit of money into research and development, and they're going to innovate new ideas and and new concepts. Of course, but don't you realize the people who are the big government people out there, uh, the reason firefighting is so important is just this. We can't leave it up to the marketplace. I was just having a conversation with one of our state reps here who's gotten an F on the Liberty Ray from the (laughs) NHLA, and they were telling me how can you be for more freedom don't you remember that there was once a time when they had competing gov- uh, competing fire stations there were four different fire stations in Keene alone how can you have that that would be anarchy and chaos is what he told me that's chaos <laughs> I said, I love it. That's what I want. Give me choices, please. 800-259-9231. Now, coming up, Mark, you mentioned foam. And I didn't didn't really know that much about foam. But there's an interesting story about one private insurer that's going the extra mile to protect their homes in California. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line for you, and that's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the program. Updates.freetalklive.com gets you on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. California is on fire. Uh, on Monday alone, approximately, well, it's Southern California, but approximately 700 homes and businesses were destroyed. Gosh. Uh, the devastation continues as over 500,000 residents have been ordered to evacuate Man. their homes. A half a million people on the roads. That's incredible. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big deal going on down in uh, Southern California. If you want to comment on the situation, certainly would love to hear from you uh, if you're in the area. But what I thought was interesting was to look at the issue behind this. I mean, beyond the personal tragedy and the awful devastation and, and that story, there's that story. And you can bet the news companies will be running with that story. And they should. I mean, it's it's motivating. It's uh, it's emotional. and That's, that's what, what news does. Right. That's what they're going to do. But I want to look at the issue of firefighting and really question how effective government firefighters are. 
Now, I can't say for sure that private firefighting agencies would be able to do that much better fighting a huge, a huge blaze like this. But we don't really know. They've well, never really been given the opportunity to try. I think that what you might be able to uh, jump to a conclusion that likely government firefighters are as adept at uh, fighting fires as government teachers are um, compared to private school teachers in educating students. Yeah. I think that one thing that you'd see if this was a, pri- a privately done it is they'd be started before the fires even started. Before the the fire even happened, they would be doing stuff such fire as fire prevention. Fire prevention, clearing out the dead debris, the brush, cutting out some t- trees and clearing trees because if you have a forest full of uncleared trees that's going to just pile up over hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of years, that's just a matchbox. It's a tinderbox. Exactly, waiting to happen. The greenies, um, you know, the EPA and 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 the like, the Forest Service, these folks don't want to clear out the deadfall. They say, well, there's animals that live in the deadfall and, mm. and that kind of thing. Well, they're going to get burned up. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, and, and then nature has a way of taking care of deadfall and old growth. It's called fires. fires. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting, and I wonder how many of these fires started on government-owned land. And we know that most of the land west of the Mississippi is government-owned. I think it's like two-thirds. But So odds are very good that these started on government-managed properties. Of course, government-managed properties usually means not much is going on. Uh, and in fact, there had, there's an interesting comparison in Dr. Mary Ruart's book, Healing Our World, where she looks at one privately-owned forest right across the street from a government-owned forest. Mm-hmm. And she found that in the privately-owned forest, you know, those greedy entrepreneurs, they're interested in pers- uh, protecting their, their trees and protecting their property, so they do go through and they clear that brush. Whereas on the other side of the forest, that stuff doesn't really happen because it's government-owned. And so, again, I'm betting you that most all these fires started in government, uh, government-owned properties. They're probably raging wildly on government lands, and, uh, you know, the government's spending, certainly spending a lot of taxpayer dollars dumping stuff on it, and, and they're trying to control it, but, man, government versus the force of nature? <laughs> government on its own is pretty ineffective, but... Versus the force of nature, it doesn't really stand much of a chance. Anyway, there's an interesting story over at ABC News, and its a, its title says, Rich Homeowners Get Extra Fire Protection. Now, once we go through this story, somebody's going to be able to accuse us of being, well, you libertarians, you only care about the rich. No, we'll address that. Let's talk about the innovation first. As wildfires rage through Southern California, says ABC News, one insurance company is doing everything possible to ensure the homes of some of its wealthiest clients are protected. Homeowners who insure with AIG's private client group are getting a little extra help. The insurance company, at its own expense, of course, is spraying homes and the surrounding vegetation with a fire retardant in hopes that it can offer an additional layer of protection for some of its best customers. AIG won't say how many homes it's spraying or how much the two-year-old program costs, but Stan Rivera, director of wildfire... You can bet it's probably uh, less than uh, one of those homes if they had to replace it. Mm-hmm. But Stan Rivera, director of wildfire protection for AIG, says it's well worth the expense. Such spraying typically costs about $1,000 on the open market. The average home in AIG's private client group worth is about $2 million. And uh, remember that that's $1,000 on the open market to get your house done, to have a contractor come out and bring his guys and spray the house and profit and the whole thing. Now, when you're talking about spraying... buying bulk. Right. They're buying in bulk. It's probably not costing... 300 bucks. Yeah. 400, something like that. Sounds right. Since the program was launched in June of 2005, three homes have been saved directly as a result, said Rivera. In each case, the fires burned right up to the line where the spray was. Wow. There's an added benefit for homeowners, said Rivera. It provides a peace of mind they're doing that we're doing everything in power to protect 
their home from wildfires. So is this a spray that they put on if they know that a fire is coming, or is something that they do preemptively months before? It's only if it's coming. They, so it's they know that the fire is coming, and they come down there, and they do the spraying. Right. Uh, the first happens... Uh, the Free service has two phases. Uh, the first happens before the fire season, where the insurance company will visit a home and assess its exposure to fire, and then, if necessary, coat the surrounding vegetation. Oh, I guess they do do it in advance. So if you're, if you're a high proximity, sort of like they have flood zones, yep. this company will determine whether or not you're... At uh, risk your for home, fire. Yeah, is at a high risk for fire, and if so, they uh, coat your surrounding vegetation with Foscheck, a fire retardant also used by the U.S. Forest Service. Rivera says it protects the plants for the full season. AIG also monitors fires throughout the season, constantly checking to see whether any homes in its private client group insurers, or that are insured by its private client group, are in the path. If a home is within three to five miles of the fire's path, Rivera said, AIG dispatches an emergency response team that will spray all the plants and the house itself with the same fire retardant. It's a very interesting uh, service that, that is available here. And, of course, again, some, some people are listening and they're saying, well, this is something only rich people can afford. They're only doing this to rich people's homes. What about regular people? Well, the program started in just 14 California zip codes, but was it? quickly expanded to 150 zip codes from California to Colorado mountain towns such as Aspen. Uh, and uh, L.I. Lira, senior fellow at the Competitive Enterprise Institute, a Washington, D.C. think tank, said he wasn't familiar with the effectiveness of their program, but said that generally these types of risk mitigation programs work. Insurance companies are building more sophisticated models to determine risk and how to prevent damage. Some systems work better than others in the long run, and sometimes, he says, it's simply cheaper to rebuild than to mitigate against all risks. In many cases, this sort of thing is a good PR, a good form of advertising, but there are business reasons to do it, too. You better believe In this there case, are it sure is. good I mean, business reasons to do it. Now, the cynic is going to say, well, this is only something rich people, you have to have a million-dollar home in order to afford this kind of insurance. The average person can't afford this. But once again, well, going back to the world where, you know, the fantasy world where government isn't handling fire protection and it is up to the marketplace. And there are insurance companies offering similar protections to this. Also, there could just be plain old fire insurance as well. You could have home insurance and fire insurance. I don't know how the marketplace would orient itself. This might be standard. In this market segment. But eventually, somebody's going to come up and going to offer this program to all homeowners as part of a policy option. Sure they are. I mean, it, to... To sneer at the rich people for this is, it's really, what it is, is it's hurting you in the long run. To think that rich people don't deserve this. At one point, only rich people could afford cars. At one right. point, only rich people traveled on airplanes. At one point, only rich people had colored televisions and only rich people had cell phones. Now we all have those. Early adopters. Thank God for the rich people that can afford to bring this technology to the rest of us. Absolutely. More on the way. 800-259-9231. This technology would be brought to us sooner, though, if we didn't have this government around offering its version of fire protection instead. More on the way. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up what you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, and those features do include, by the way, live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free. 
at freetalklive.com. By the way, I uh, just started watching this past week's edition, or I guess one of two, of uh, Free Minds TV, which is Toby's show. He does his own uh, cable access television program here in uh, lovely Keene, New Hampshire. And he had Mark on his program That's over true. the weekend. It was a Pumpkin Fest special. as uh, Keene does its annual Pumpkin Fest once a year where they get thousands and thousands of pumpkins and even more people to come into this little city here. So Mark was nice enough to come out and do the show with yeah, us. Yeah, Toby calls me when he uh, wants to take a break. You know, all he has to do is sit there and watch me talk. <laughs> Were you on for the whole thing? I haven't watched the whole, I was. The whole show yet. Oh, very cool. Did a very good job. So that's up right now at freemindstv.com and freekeen.com as well. You can go either place and uh, and watch that. So be sure you check out Free Minds TV. Uh, by the way, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. To the phones, to the fun. Let's talk to, I believe, the Gord Captain in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, you see, recently in my AP English class in high school, mm-hmm. the teacher gave back an essay we wrote. Now, he wouldn't tell us. Now, he gave it back because it was so disgusted he couldn't grade it. Disgusted by horrible. everyone's essay? I mean, every single person in the class disgusted? Yes. Okay. See, not only were we all writers who had no clue what we were doing, we also didn't follow the prompt correctly, according to him, most of us. Hmm. This prompt was so incredibly obvious. It wasn't a free speech issue. But that was the issue of the prompt. Like, every, most of us seemed to make it out. I wouldn't tell us what the actual prompt meant or how to interpret it, nor which of us were wrong. Strange. Okay. How did you handle this? Then he told us, well, we, we'd have to rewrite sometime in the future when there was more time open. Okay. And he then gave us time for this. There was about a day to do it before it was due. I don't know much about AP English. I never took uh, took that stuff. So what is? I mean, how long do you normally have to to spend on these things? You well, say normally get like a week to do an essay. This was well one day. day to rewrite it. Gotcha. From absolutely no info. Now, I'm go- now I've taken this prompt and I've told it to at least half a dozen people. And given it, I figured you might be able to tell me what this prompt means because nobody else seems to be able to either, since so it's not very clear. All right, well, hold on. Um, if you think that your if, if your AP English class failed to get this prompt, and you think we're going to get it, I don't. I've never <laughs> been given one of these. These kids are smarter than we are. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm not, I still want to hear what it is. Oh, okay. I'm interested in what it is. All right. Now remember, this is not a free speech issue, according to him. From talk radio to television shows, from popular magazines, uh, podcasts, and web blogs, ordinary citizens. Political figures and entertainers express their opinions on a wide range of topics. Are these opinions worthwhile? Does the expression of such opinions foster democratic values? Huh. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, what, what is a democratic value? I, not, I don't, I, is he talking democratic as in, you know, the form of government? Because we don't have that, the republic. Or is he talking democratic as in democratic party? Well, I would assume I that would he's talking. Uh, assume the former. Uh, yeah, I would assume the, the former also. Well, First off, also a, getting into an argument as to what's democratic and what's republic is is really difficult because I know that the we've been it's it's common conversation out there that we don't live in a democracy, we live in a republic. But what the hell's a republic? I mean, one's uh, Latin and one's Greek, and they both mean by the people. Are they worthwhile is an easy one to answer. I mean, they're just Hollywood celebrities and talk show hosts. Their opinions aren't any more valuable than anybody else. So I can answer that part. It's just the was whole. That, was that what your premise was? Well, I made your division free talk alive in there. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, mention, mention us, and uh, you can tell you can quote me on that one if you want to. Well, I already had to turn it in today, but yeah. Oh. 
Nobody else seems to be able to figure out what it meant, and uh -huh. I thought it was just laughably bizarre. Yeah, I oh, guess you'll find out after the fact. By the way, today in my AP history class, yeah, I'm one of those weird people who takes all the hard classes mm -hmm. in government high school. Um, the teacher who knows me for being the guy who always speaks up in class when discussing various political opinions, you know, said, usually there's a left to right, you know, which can follow the different political viewpoints. Then he does it with a lot of famous people. Now, people like the Gord Captain over there, they're about three feet up from the actual, from that scale. Mm. <laughs> you know what you should do if you're getting into uh, that sort of political philosophy, uh, that, that area, you should bring in some world's smallest political quizzes. I'm, if... I'm planning on doing that tomorrow just to see what he says. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I've already gotten the head of student council to tell me to shut up. Very good. <laughs> Congratulations, Gord Captain, and good luck with your grade. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That thing is uh, is actually used in a surprising amount of classrooms, the world's smallest political quiz. If you haven't taken it, I believe you can do so over at quiz.freetalklive.com. I think we've uh, made that sort of a shortcut for you to get to it easily at, over at the Advocates for Self-Government. But well, it's brilliant. It is. It's great. And it will really show you where you fall on the political scale. Are you liberal? Are you conservative? Are you libertarian? Or are you authoritarian or centrist? It really helps open people's minds as well, because uh, when most people are being uh, raised in this country, if you don't have a, a, a liberty-minded person in your high school class, you probably won't come across the concepts of liberty. And so it's a great way to help open people's minds to the idea that there is something else out there besides just the left and the right, right. or and the it, center, whatever that means. It's a pretty accurate quiz as well. So usually people, if you ask them and they think, I'm a liberal, they'll usually, for the most part, score a liberal on it. So it's it, it's yeah. not a quiz that'll like shoot you into libertarian even though you're not. I mean, it, I think a lot to of, some extent, it, it, I think it's, it's, it's aimed a little bit libertarian, but I don't know. Some of the questions um, seem like... The the average person is going to just answer them from the libertarian angle. Well, most people are libertarians, Mark. Yep. At heart, then that would be true. Then most people operate on a voluntary basis, and they don't use force against their neighbors. So they, of course, are going to answer favorably in many cases. But the the people who uh, who label themselves like I, I used to get in lots of fights with my boss, who's a Huge liberal and um, she's really a liberal, really really liberal. And okay, she's like, I I know this quiz is biased. I'm gonna be a libertarian if I take it. And I'm like, no no, just answer honestly. And mm -hmm. sure enough, the very liberal. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people think they're Good. one thing, and then there'll be something else completely. Though that happens occasionally as well. Someone will come into it saying I'm a conservative, and then they'll find out they're you know more like a left leaning centrist or something like that. Or uh, in many cases, a lot of people show up authoritarian who thinks that they think they're liberals and conservatives and they're actually just, just statists. They, they just, just believe that the government's going to solve government. everything. Good. The government knows how to solve everything. Let's go to the phones, to the fun, and talk to Jorge in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Jorge. Hello. Am I on the radio? You are. You're on the radio, on your box. Mind, sir. Right, man. man, you guys got to stop putting me on after that goofball, man. I can't <laughs> stand to listen to him on the telephone. I thought about conferencing the two of you, but I figured... Yeah, man, I can't take it. It's boring. <laughs> but, uh... I just want to call in and take control of the airwaves. Yeah, I mean, I here you to are. talk about forest fires or any stuff like that. That's stupid. So what do you got, so, man? Uh, Give it to me. Well, I got, a, I got a couple questions for you guys about your uh, radio show. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, you know, I've been a long-time listener, but uh, there are a couple things that I've always wondered, and I wonder if you guys can help me out. I'm sure lots of other listeners have uh, wondered the same thing. All right, hit, hit me. Go ahead. What are listeners wondering? The first, <laughs> yeah, the first one uh, about your show. Is that for uh, that character, Mark? Mm -hmm. Is that Mark? Yes. 
You, you can hear me, Mark? I can hear you just fine, Jorge. <laughs> All right, good. Hey, my name is Mark, and he's... Why is your name Mark? Why is my name Mark? Uh, it didn't used to be. <laughs> no, no. Why well, is your name Mark? It used to be Manwich. Yes, I know. Why is Mark? Well, because that's what Mom named me. <laughs> yes. The serious, right. There's a serious answer, though, and that is that our network was a little concerned about Hunt's coming uh, coming after us, the manufacturer of the actual product, brand-named Manwich, and uh, so they asked us to uh, kindly change his name, which we decided yeah. that we would do. That was great. I wasn't looking for a serious answer. Next question. The, joke, but, uh, <laughs> the next question is, uh, are you guys allowed to say the word tallywhacker on the radio? Tallywhacker? Yes. I think we just did. Thanks for the call, Jorge. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. And I'm trying to, for some reason, quiz.freetalklive.com, not working for me. Maybe it's working for you, but it should be working for me, and I don't know why it's not. So, um, anyway, in the meantime, you can go to theadvocates.org forward slash quiz. You can find it there as well. 800-259-9231. You can take control. Dave, Tom, and I believe Paula is on the line as Another well. Paula. The real Paula, yes. <laughs> uh, we'll get to her and your calls about whatever you want. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800 259 259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support us, then go shopping with us at store.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live merchandise like Free Talk Live t-shirts and hats and uh, hoodies and more. We've got all kinds of neat stuff and it's very high quality. I think you're going to like it. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. Again, store.freetalklive.com as we continue with the phone calls. Lost Paula, so we go to Dave in Ohio. Listen on WAIS. Hello, Dave. Guys, uh, where do I get stuff in Ohio on Ron Paul? Hmm. Ooh, you know what? Do you have internet access, Dave? Yeah. Okay. Um, go to what's a good Ron Paul website, Mark, well, uh, for stuff. For you want stuff Ron delivered, Paul's, like signs and things. Yeah. Okay, go to ronpaulstuff.com. There you go. That's easy. And then if you go to ronpaul2008.com, you can get to the meetup group. And you can find your nearest Ron Paul meetup group, and there may be some people with actual signs in their possession already that you can just buy them from. So that might be okay. a way to do it, too. Okay, let me see if I got this straight. Ron, RonPaulStuff.com. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what yes. was the other? Uh, RonPaul2008.com. That's his official website. And you want to look, once you go there, you want to look for the meetup groups. And then uh, once you find that, there, you'll see there's meetup groups across the country. Inevitably, there will be one somewhere in Ohio. I'm not sure how close it will be to you, but there are a whole bunch of meetup groups. So yes, there's are, one in Ohio. You can odds are it. in your favor. There's probably more than one in Ohio. Right. So head on over, Dave, and, and uh, thank you for the call. We okay, appreciate thanks. it. 800-259-9231, the Ron Paul revolution growing with uh, every single day. It sure is. It's, uh, it's an amazing movement. It really and is. I did get the chance to watch him in the debate. From over the weekend, mm-hmm. did you see the clips at this point, Mark? Yes, and I've seen a few. Toby, have you seen them? I've seen some of them, yes. I thought he really knocked the last question out of the park. I I'm not he... sure which one of the last one was. I saw uh, compilations. Yeah, well, mine was a compilation. It was the last question in the compilation, okay. so I presume it was the last question of the night. Anyway, he really just did a great job. I have to say it was probably his probably his best debate performance to date. Oh, well, that's so saying a lot. He's just getting better. Well, more people are... are hearing his message, too, and actually taking him seriously now, which is 
really refreshing because there good. was a while it's like when is this going to start to catch on and it, it it seems to be it is and uh you know time is short obviously you know uh julia and i my girlfriend was we were talking about do you think mark i should talk to my mom about this well why not well you know how you know how you know what, what my relation with my mom's like she doesn't like it when i talk about issues and politics and things right. like that which of course is what i do for a living <laughs> To it's some extent. Difficult to separate yourself from that during right. family time. And right? she doesn't like it when I bring it up because, well, I inevitably end up cornering her or somehow uh, schooling her on, on some issue, and that sure. makes her uncomfortable. So, you know, the question is, do I bother calling mom, who is a registered Republican? I think what I would do if I, would, if I were you is I would talk to dad. Yeah, Dad has the right in um, there, and uh, he's, the, he's the right frame of mind. He can probably... Okay. Uh, you know, pose the uh, pose. You know, what whatever he talks to her about, he'll probably do it in a better fashion. So I could ask Dad, how does Mom feel about this? Something right. like that. Do you already know that Dad uh, yeah. is Ron Paulite? I don't know. I haven't talked to either of them about it. Just because you know they don't want. She didn't want that, so I don't call either of them about it. Anyway, mm-hmm. just figured I'd see what you thought. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one because it's important to talk to people about Ron Paul, mm-hmm. and I feel like I should talk to my parents about it. Anyway, 800-259-9231 to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Tom, hello. I was disappointed at his website because the signs there did not have the URL for the website. And, see, a sign with the URL says, I support this guy for all the reasons that you'll find on this website, and Mm -hmm. I think you should visit the website to see why I think you should support him, too. Right. So Ron Paul's signs don't have his website on them? The ones that are sold through the website huh. did not. What last time I checked his website did not. That's not saying that there aren't privately made signs right. with the website on there, which would be better. It seems like an obvious omission. I, I mean, I had a Ron Paul sign from the Ron Paul website that had his website on it. Maybe I, it's the I didn't ones. see those on there, but anyway, uh, if you if it doesn't have the website address on it, then what that says is that uh, you should vote. Uh, for this guy just because you see so many signs up there, and, and that must be the name that you're supposed to yeah. vote for. As for the forest fires out in California there mm-hmm. now, okay, what they need to do is legalize playing with matches. What do you okay? mean? And Well, it's in a rainy season, you could be holding a welding torch to the forest, and it won't burn because it's too wet. Okay? It won't catch fire. Okay, you would have to hold a welding torch to it and burn just that little spot there, and it won't burn anywhere else. Okay. okay. But as it gets drier, then somebody pops a match on it, it'll burn real slowly because it's moist. It's just dry enough to catch fire. So you burn off the forest at 1,000 degrees. It won't be able to jump across open spaces or anything. Mm. See, So you burn it off real slowly. You could have everybody start, okay, Saturday at 12 o'clock noon. You just go out to the back of the yard and at the edge of the forest, just pop a match on it, and you burn everything away from your property. And so now the fire can't cause any other damage from, you know, raging 10,000-degree forest fire, and the cloud of hot gas up above there cools down to 5,000 degrees and settles on a uh, village nearby and 
ignites all the houses. Okay? Yeah, I think I'll leave the fire prevention to the experts as far as yeah. uh, that sort of thing. I don't, I don't know if I want to go yeah. around burning the, my brush. Tom's, Tom's right in the sense that if we sold off all the land, people would do a better job of um, handling their own particular forest. Sold off I don't think I want to handle uh, that myself, though. Land. I think I'd rather hire someone you to do it. Just clearing the land yourself. You don't want to handle mowing your lawn. So I don't think that that's a uh, fair comparison. <laughs> yeah. And there's a name, by the way, for a philosophy that you were, I heard about last night uh, of, you know, when people gun down cops during drug raids, that this hurts the cause, and the idea is that uh, people should just let the cops get away with all the drug enforcement they want, and everybody's got to be good boys and girls and just give the enemies of liberty all that they're demanding, and then maybe 20 years from now, they'll decide we're such good boys and girls that they'll decriminalize pot, maybe. But that's no, I don't necessarily to... agree with that. I don't necessarily agree opinion. that you should let them get away with it. I think that you should make their life um, very... Uh, I think you should make their life a living hell to some extent by protesting and continuing to, uh, you know, to rub it in their faces and and. Also, I'd really love to see some uh, pot clinic in California post some armed security guards at the front door, and uh, I'd love to see somebody take the position that this is my right to do business, and how dare you thugs try to come in here and try to to, uh, to steal from me. But then again, I'm just a talk show host with a microphone, and it's not my yeah, money on the line. And you used it to steal Tom's thunder. He was just going to tell us what, what they call those folks. Tom, what do they call those folks? That, that's called appeasement. Appeasement. Okay. Just like France like- did, did with Germany, right? Kind of like when uh, Germany, then uh, Hitler said he's going to get even more violent if he doesn't get his way. You get these enemies of liberty saying, oh, I mean, you get these people saying, well, the enemies of liberty will get even more violent if we don't uh, give in to them and, and uh, submit to their demands, at least temporarily. That, that's appeasement, uh, appeasing the enemies of liberty, and uh, that's what it's called. Very good. Thanks for the call, Tom. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I don't agree with initiating force on the police. I don't agree with uh, with that at no. all. I don't think they should be targeted for any sort of force or anything like that. But I think that you can target them for ostracism. I think you can, you know, not let your kids play with their kids and shun them. Like, hey, you know, you've arrested a friend of mine, or you arrested somebody for smoking marijuana last week, and I'd just like to let you know I don't appreciate that. I think they can be targeted for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no actual physical retaliation, though I do think it certainly would be fascinating if a uh, marijuana clinic out in California actually defended their property with force. That would be interesting. It'd be a, probably a mess, um, but that's sort of one of my little fantasies, I guess. We continue with John in Japan. You're on Free Talk Live. John. Hey, how's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Oh, cool. Yeah, I just want to talk about Japanese vending machines versus uh, American vending machines. Do tell. I don't know much about Japanese vending machines, except I've heard that they sell, uh, I guess, schoolgirls' underwear in Japanese (laughs) vending machines. Is that true? Uh, I've heard that, like, in Tokyo. I'm in Osaka. Okay. And, uh, like, here in Osaka, I've seen so many different kinds. You can find, like, you know, girly magazines, um, adult toys. Wow. Um, but my favorite is the beer. <laughs> <laughs> beer in the vending machines. Yeah, beer, uh, bottles of wine, boxes of wine, sake, whatever you want. Is there an age limit on th- those products over there? Uh, well, the drinking age here is 20, but I guess they're pretty well behaved. <laughs> so there's no uh, ID check or anything on these be- beer vending machines? You just put it in cash and get the beer? Oh, yeah, exactly. And you can find, like, vending machines, like, in an alleyway. So, you know, if a kid wanted to, he could very easily, you know, sneak out at night and 
buy himself a beer and hit the town, you know? <laughs> sure. And you're telling me there's not a uh, rampant problem with drunken teens everywhere in Japan? No. No, not at all. Interesting. But, like, Did you have more yeah, on this? Because I'd love to hear more if there's more uh, about Japanese vending machines. It sounds fascinating. Uh, no, that's pretty much it. And okay. Basically, just the freedom of you know having a, a beer and being able to walk down the street with the beer, you know? Wow, that is pretty darn free. I don't think anybody in America <laughs> has that freedom. I don't know. Is that is that legal anywhere in America, open container? Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. All the way from Japan, hour number two is on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, Free Talk Live. Whole world. What? I yep, used a dollar. Oh, we haven't heard anything about this. About it it seemed like huge. Don't come off your fax machine, Paula, because no, I haven't uh-uh. seen this, anything about it. This has been all over the radio. The radio. What apparently, I'm not in, you listen to? Apparently, you I'm not about it? in contact. No. Well, the refs know about it too. But anyway, um, what are they doing? We're in serious trouble, and we've got to get JFK's uh, executive order pulled real quick. This will be the only thing that will save us. Which now? Which executive order is that? Okay, the one to go back on the silver certificates and the gold. Well, that standard. wouldn't be a bad idea. Which? Well, so wait a minute. Exe- JFK took us off. This, I thought Nixon. You know, he he tried to bring it back when he was president himself, and they stopped it. But his executive order still stands. Hmm. Nobody's done anything with it. It's still, you can still do it. Well, you know, Paula, I agree. I, I'm totally with you on the the value-backed currency thing. I mean, everybody on Free Talk Live, I think, is is with us. On, is with you on that one. Uh, it's just that I don't us. think that the existing structure, the existing power uh, brokers in Washington D.C. are going to do anything about it, with They're the exception right of Ron now. Paul, perhaps. They're on it right now. Who's on it? I, the representatives I, I, I work with. I don't They're know what right sort now. of fantasy land you're living in, Paula, but uh, no, I, I, I hope she's right. Some. I have some that we can depend on, okay? Okay. We still got some good reps there. We do have a lot of bad ones. So what are they going to do? They're going to, what, introduce some sort of bill to abolish the Federal Reserve or what? They'll just, well, either do that or they just, you know, say we're going to bring it back. You know, all we got to do is pull it, they said. Well, I know the Federal Reserve isn't interested in bringing that stuff back. That's why they were created in the first place was to get us away from value backing. Look what they've done. I mean, the whole world this morning dumped our dollar. Even China doesn't even want it. Well, we know that China was threatening to do uh, well, that sort of now thing. Now the whole world. I'm looking for the news, Paula, and I don't see it. Maybe one of our listeners Alex, with I internet access can send it to us. It was on Alex's program. It was on another program. I well, just because you hear it on the radio doesn't mean it's true, sweetie. I'd like to just... I've already to... checked. Yeah. It's true. Okay. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I mean, Get we, the word out. Look, we know the dollar's in trouble. <laughs> whether or not what Paula says is actually, whether or not what she claims is happening is happening is irrelevant. Um, the world is looking at dumping the dollar, and it is getting into a bit of a precarious situation out there for the dollar. Right. No doubt about it. Well, we're we're using it like it's backed. We're trading it with other countries like we're like it's a product, even though we're just printing it out there and creating well, more and more the of so it is, yeah right not yeah. not we but uh so yes well, they don't um the other countries don't have a giant war to finance you know this 500 billion dollars to uh you know shovel into the war machine 
The dollar is in big trouble. That is for sure. Whether or not everybody's dumped the dollar this morning, that's questionable. Uh, but nonetheless, it, certainly you should take evasive actions if uh, all your holdings are in dollars. You should consider getting something more tangible, uh, silver, gold, that sort of thing. But, of course, this isn't an investment show. And if, uh, if all the other countries did dump the dollar and the dollar's uh, crashing, your house will be worth more. <laughs> That's a good point. If My you have a house, loans will be gone. <laughs> be easier to pay off, I guess. Yeah, yeah. with hyperinflation. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Sacral CAI toll free line. Um, speaking about uh, stories that come from around the world, the United Kingdom. They're looking at implementing a program. Now they're just looking at it at this point, but it doesn't seem like something they wouldn't do. Sort of tongue in cheek. It's London.co.uk. A plan to improve the nation's health. New figures today show England is grand, chairman of Health England, and exercise more. Be required to show. Wow. <laughs> well, how would one get this permit? Apparently, if they're to, what you're able to smoke or more know. than 500 staff would also have to have an exercise to join in. Healthy choice in his speech at the Royal Statistical Softer form of paternal. Yeah. A nice name for, you know, not banning things, but that would be the next. Like I where that's the intent around and buy things with your permit for what they'll charge for a yearly permit. And, and I'm sure they'll probably like a buck a day. You know, they'll pay the actual cigarettes. So you'll pay through the well, you know, a pound a day. They'll have to have some sort of card swiper or they'll, you know, they all that sort yeah. of thing. So that's what they're talking about. And this guy isn't just your average. He's very politically influential. Exercise hour. Now, only for companies with more than 500. Oh, it'll just come down the exercise because the employees hour. have to go out on the sidewalk and do it. That's an interesting idea, where, you know, the exercise hour, because it'll probably have to be at the same time every day, so at noon to anyone but me. <laughs> Nanny stated his eyes, and when are people going to have to hex? You're absolutely right, and so I think to myself, what the average person looking at your pantry to make sure you don't have too many fatty foods in there, that sounds... ...in 72, and uh, it's going to happen. I just want to I just want to bring this story up to point out that this these aren't absurd things that we're saying. When we talk about what the next steps are, these people are really thinking of these ideas. I never thought of a per- I mean they think of more than we can think up. These are the ones that these are the people that are focused. These are what this is what they spend their time like if I'm excited about something, I'll stay awake at night thinking about it. Mm. You know, something new's going to yeah. happen with the uh, the show or like that. I'll get excited stay up thinking about it. Well, that gets him off. Thinking of new ways, new ways to innovate the nanny state. Think of all the unintended direct tax, another tax right. for poor people, smoke more. That's going to hire special enforcers to go after these people. And the problems just seem endless. I- yeah, exactly. And, of course, eventually other countries are going to come on board. And uh, smoking permits. That Like if you're sitting... You're going to have to show the permit to smoking permit, citizen. No more bumming cigarettes. 800 It's all on the way. This... This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line for you. 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free, so enjoy those on us. The bulletin board system's there with over a quarter million posts. Serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all discussed all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's BBS. FreeTalkLive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or a living trust or corporation or a limited liability company in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Talking about the nanny state, and they've got it worse than we have it over here in the United Kingdom. 
the United Kingdom is now looking at, we should believe them, because that's to all this, is government control of health care in the first place. That's the wedge We're that they use the, the camel to get into the... T- and they use that excuse of, well, it's, you know, duh. so therefore we need to tell you what to do with your life. That's the excuse. And now they're looking at having an identification card for people that smoke tobacco, a special permit, which, of course, you're going to have to pay for mm. in order to get your hands on. So you actually, they'll be able to card you on the street if they see you smoking. Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't. The smoking police, you know. Oh, citizen, do you have your t- uh, tobacco permit? And if you don't, they'll yank the cigarette out of your mouth without a permit. They might probably know that people will go and pick that. And then there's the exercise hour they're proposing for, say, staff members can opt out. Government programs, st- and then they change. That you actually like, that you think's a good idea. Remember, it won't stay that way. No. Yeah, the, when they outlawed smoking on airplanes, I think that it was never thought that they would start to outline in bars and restaurants. Right. It Who always expands. Government, it's, it's just what government does, okay? They, it just operates this way. They get bigger. It gets more intrusive. The rules become more expansive, more all-encompassing, more restrictive. This is what government does. So it's going to start with 500 staff, and then it's going to go down to you know your mom and pop companies. And then they're going to have government in exercise auditors walking around to make sure everybody's doing their exercise hour. And employees that decide to opt out will probably be harassed by the state, and they'll probably be threatened that if they don't participate in exercise hour, that they won't have any health coverage anymore. See, remember, the government starts out by claiming that it's going to give everybody health care. That's what they're talking about in this sure. country right now. And they have it in other countries, this universal health care nonsense, where government says, don't worry. We're going to take care of you. You shouldn't have to pay for health care. Health care. Mm-hmm. And, of course, to the average American, Where? it sounds good to them. I've used that. That sounds like they don't think about it. You know, they don't understand of socialism and what the, the restrictions in order to get your hands on that government health care will become more and more oppressive. Every time. And so eventually it may get to the point where they're checking what you eat, where you have to have a permit to buy fatty foods, as Toby was suggesting. If they can do it for cigarettes, they can do it for alcohol, they can do it for fatty foods, they can do it for soda pop, things, sugary foods. You opt out of exercise hour, well, your license to buy that soda after work has been revoked. Exactly. Yeah, if you aren't exercising, you don't have any license anymore, and you can't go and uh, and get your free health care. But if you can't get free health care, then there's no other health care out there because it's been outlawed by the state. They won't allow private health care firms to, uh, to provide health care. So where do you go? You'll have to go to a black market doctor. What a nightmare. Well, they're already pulling their own teeth in England. Here's what uh, a few people from the comments section of the story have to say. Somebody from uh, Austin, Texas, comments in here. He says, after we have our exercise hour, will the government-appointed nanny then be around to wipe our little noses, perhaps to burp us after a meal? The government is hanging cameras everywhere, telling us what we can and cannot wear, eat, and smoke. When did we stop electing public servants and begin electing parents? Yeah. Ms. Turner from Switzerland says, another permit, just another tax for labor coffers, typical of this government. Don't need to have a big daddy to watch out for me whether I eat or exercise. Maybe someone should suggest to Mr. Brown uh, that Mr. Brown ought to be the first in the queue. That's the guy that was suggesting, or Mr. Brown, I guess, is one of their politicians. Anyway, just, just sad. It's sad to see liberty just going down the drain around the world, and, and we know it's going to come here eventually. To great applause. Yes, exactly. You let government take control of health care, this is the direction it's going to go. 
Hope you're enjoying your sugary cereals now because they won't exist eventually. You will, you'll only be able to buy uh, sugary and fatty things on the black market. It'll be like Demolition Man where you have to go underground in order to buy a rat burger just to try to get something tasty. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Dave in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, yo. What's up? Hey, Dave. What's on your mind? Hey, them uh, two people that responded were way too nice to these tyrannical pig bastards, man. Mm-hmm. You spit right in their eye when they tell you you need a permit to smoke a cigarette. They want to start a whole nother underground black market system. This guy, Brown, probably owns a tobacco field in South America that he's going to get tens of million, billions of dollars once they pass this stuff. It's all for more corruption and... and, and uh, you know, to uh, control us, it, absolutely the tyrannical pig bastards, and the and and the American spirit should spit right in their eye and tell them back off. That's Unfortunately, what the American spirit is uh, pretty hard to find in America these days. Uh, what we've got is well, a class of bought off. Right, we've got they, this they people with these. They all got the loan. They all got their credit card, their little debit card. Not only stuff, that, but they also have an entitlement. Carry cash they also have an entitlement they, mentality. In fear because of some boogeyman that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And, and we got to tell them that that uh, we'll fight them right here. We'll fight them over there. We'll fight them anywhere, man. We're 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 just too 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 controlled by fear anymore, man. Absolutely. This this, this whole. When people talk like that, we got to stand up and shout right in their face. That's all. At, at every possible opportunity. Refuse right. and resist this tyranny. Do not, uh, do not go along with it. Draw your line in the sand, and if the government decides to cross it, just say no to their stupid and you rules could tell and regulations. It's all bull crap because we could get in the car right now drive 70 miles an hour down the highway and, and get a head-on accident and die instantly right in the next 10 minutes, Anybody, yeah. any one of us. Yeah, and you've and, got a driver's so where, permit, where so you, it's not like your permit's you put, stopping you. Where do, where, why, who, who weighs the possibility of death and say this way that I may smoke a cigarette, it might take 25 years to kill me, but they're going to allow me to get in the car and drive... They're, they're bull crap and everybody. We've got to call them on it. Dave, thanks for the call. We appreciate right. hearing from you. 800-259-9231. They want to control almost everything about your life. Once sure. they get almost everything, they'll have everything. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. It's the place to go. Archives are there. An entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website for your downloading convenience for free at freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. Well, the madness continues as we just finished up talking about these new proposals coming out from the U.K. for a smoking permit and exercise hour. 
again, the governments using the excuse of publicly funded uh, programs to control more of your life. Well, because because the government is paying for your health care, that means the government gets to tell you how to live your life. Okay? Of that's how this works. Well, also, the excuse of publicly done anything is also being used in other areas for uh, more excuses of invading your privacy, for instance. In the case of uh, a New Jersey high school, according to LewRockwell.com on the morning of Friday, October 12th, this year, Steinert High School in Hamilton Township, New Jersey, was flooded by police with five drug-sniffing dogs, accompanied by a prosecutor and school officials. The whole student body was arrested by being detained in various classrooms and forced to wait while the search of their lockers was uh, that, while the search of their lockers verified that each student was innocent of drug possession. Every single locker was searched. This wasn't where they took the dog around and uh, sniffed, and then where the dog sniffs, they search. Wow. They searched every locker, locker by locker, and they spent a good portion, of, I imagine, of the entire school day doing this. Disgusting. Uh, Were the students able to view their locker being searched? Not bloody likely. Yeah, sounds unlikely to me, too. Every student was under technical arrest until cleared of drug possession, fall approaching unlawful imprisonment. The school sent us a letter home with our son, saying that it was a, quote, a pre-planned search of student lockers using trained narcotics uh, detection dogs as per our ongoing protocol of ensuring a safe and orderly drug-free environment. This search was a component of our program to deter illegal activity. There you, there you go. Um, you know, there, it's, it's protection is liberty. There was no reasonable suspicion of any drug activity. It seems that the search was itself an illegal activity because it was a warrantless dragnet, pure and simple. Mm -hmm. The incident is proof to parents that the government has little common sense when it comes to our children. They teach about human rights, the U.S. Constitution, and tolerance, but they don't practice what they preach. Many of the kids are saying that Steinert High School teachers, counselors, and principals aren't about education, but just about prosecution of the war on drugs. There are over 1,600 students... And guess what percentage of them were discovered to have had drugs or marijuana in their lockers? Go ahead. Less than five. Well, I'd say that, I don't know, I think a lot of students are becoming smarter and not keeping it in their lockers, at least. I think you're right. I sort of expected some people to get caught, but apparently zero was the percent. Oh, you're of, kidding me. Have they yeah. done this before or something? <laughs> I don't know. I, I would presume if they had, it's this guy, Jack Dugan, who's writing the article, has got a kid in the school, so presumably he would know if they had. He doesn't mention that. Uh, so no, they didn't find anything. Uh, but uh, according to the story here, many of uh, many of the students now feel that the uh, they're automatically guilty until proven otherwise. Apparently, yeah. they are. The kids. I was just going to say this is just teaching them to uh, usher in the police state. That's right. Obey lay down. I mean, if they they're learning about it at a young age in school, they're saying, "Hey, the police can come in and search me." For no reason at all, I don't even get to watch them search my locker. It's right. no problem when they pull me over and do the exact same thing while I'm in my car. It's really very insidious, uh, that, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're training people, they're training young people to uh, to take the police state as part of their normal life. Right. This is, it, this this is, is how just how is. things are. Right. I uh, saw a cop uh, shaking down a car today, and I I just you know it was a bunch of young people, and I wondered, I wonder how he asked those people. I wonder, I wonder how he asked them to search because. You know, he didn't have. I, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure that he didn't have any probable cause. They usually don't. Otherwise, they don't ask. You know, because they usually say something. I'm going to have to ask you to step out of the car now. Mm-hmm. 
Are you and, asking or are you ordering? Right. Mm-hmm. Which one? Because it didn't sound like you were asking, but right. then the words, they did. They're trained. So do I have sort of an thing. option of getting out of the car or not? Right. If I ha- don't have an option, am I under arrest? Mm-hmm. Or be- being detained? One or the other. The kids, uh, now, so think about how insidious this is. These kids don't know any different. They haven't lived for the last 50 years to where they've seen the progressive decline of liberty in America. Mm-hmm. This is normal. Right. This is something that they are used to. They're used to being harassed over drugs, and now they're used to having their bags searched and their lockers searched and dog sniffs and armed police standing around. They're used to it. They see it in their schools. If they go on an airplane, they see it in airports. I mean, most of the American people are being acclimated to this in airports, but the young people of America are getting it in their schools, too. It's almost insidious. I mean, it is devastating, almost, too. You'd almost think that this was the plan. It is a plan. <laughs> I don't know if it's a plan or if it's just working. That somebody's ha- planning this out there. I don't know who it is, uh, but somebody's coming now up with these in conspiracies. ideas. They, I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. I'm just saying they want to control people. That much is true. Anyway, the kids know they would never do the same thing to their teachers' lockers, nor publicly owned offices of the U.S. Congress, the White House, and all federal agencies to weed out all those who seem to uh, to definitely be on drugs. The Hamilton <laughs> School District and police department stand on the point that the students' lockers are public property. And thus, subject then why aren't the teachers? I mean, I, I pay their salary. Well, they don't suspect the teachers. See? I see. The teachers can get away with doing drugs because they're not under suspicion. Besides, they work for the state. I mean, how often does the state uh, check out its own employees? It's not very often. They check them when they get the job, but after that, you're in, in mm. like Flynn. Uh, how far, it says here... The Hamilton School District says, well, it's public property and thus subject to search at any time. However, how far can a police agency go into warrantless searches of over a thousand people's effects without probable cause? Why must students have no expectation of privacy of their personal effects when given no choice but to use school lockers for their burdensome books, notepads, lunches, clothing, and, they, and other things? They do have kids uh, carry a heck of a lot more stuff than they used to. Yep. I used to, when I was in school, 20, almost going on 20 years ago, I had to carry, um, I would switch at lunch, I would switch the daytime, you know, the morning time books for the afternoon books, because I had that much stuff, and I would carry them around in a uh, backpack. Well, they're searching lockers in this case there. I've seen a number of cases that are similar to this, where they not only search lockers, but also cars as well that sure. are in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's that's been going on for are a long time. Are the cars public property? No, but they're parked on public property, Mark, and if a dog sniffs them out, then that's enough probable cause they need, apparently. I see. So they can walk the dog on public property, and therefore, yep. um, then the dog alerts. And, yep. Yeah. So, again, public property is the excuse for tyranny here. You seeing a common thread? Mm. He says, uh, and why are other public employee storage spaces not routinely searched while teachers, office clerks, and even congressional representatives are held under lockdown? If you go to a restaurant and place your parka on a public coat rack, can a police officer search every coat on the rack, go inside your zippered pockets, and indict you for any contraband that he might find? Well, no, because that's not really a public coat rack. Mm. See, people are confused well, about what there, is and what isn't public. There, there's likely um, out there somewhere a public coat rack in a, in a government, government building, building or sure. something like that. Sure, but he was talking about a restaurant. That's mm-hmm. a privately owned building, so that's a private coat rack that the restaurant has allowed you to use as a member of the public. See, it's very confusing. People don't understand these concepts. He says, or do you still have rights to privacy in your personal effects no matter where you set them temporarily? 
whether these searches were legal or not, what kind of message are they sending to the whole student body? That they're guilty until proven innocent, and that their freedoms are secondary to the elites advancing their political careers by posturing themselves as effectively dealing with juvenile drug problems? Mm. Well, there is no juvenile drug problem, just a problem in the judgment of -of out-of-touch-with-reality Hamilton, New Jersey community leaders. Unsaid is that this tactic is that this tactic of, uh, of arresting whole student bodies and searching every locker is a pseudo-terrorist tactic designed to frighten kids into not bringing controlled substances into school. In the war on terrorism, even local government has become a neo-terrorist operation, indulging in situational ethics where the end justifies whatever means it chooses. In Hamilton Township, New Jersey, a drug-free environment is a rights-free environment. From the failed and embarrassing search at Steinert High School, Hamilton's zero tolerance proves it's zero intelligence. And in fact, uh, the zero tolerance stories don't end there. Toby's got one to share. I more believe it's another Jersey. school story. Uh, yes, more New Jersey. It's mm. just a wonderful place to live. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airways. If you've got a zero-tolerance story, maybe you have a young person, a uh, son or daughter, that's actually in government high school, or you've recently graduated, or you yourself have been subjected uh, to these sorts of abuses. We'd love to hear from you. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then amp up. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. And for 3 bucks a month, you can help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country and thereby help spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So if you want to learn more about the program and how you get a few perks, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, all the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. So go to the amp line and talk to Gene in Tennessee. Gene, the Christian anarchist, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Romance. Oh, romance. Don't get fresh with me now, Gene. You guys like to talk about personal stuff, so I wanted to call and tell everyone about the woman of my life who I love dearly. Great. And uh, I I really don't understand uh, how people have a marriage where they just can't stand each other. You know, they argue all the time. We've been married now 14 years, and our relationship gets better every single day. It just never seems to uh, it, it never ceases to amaze me how much one can become like one. I can't. There's the old uh, adage that says the two shall become one flesh. Course, you're uh, you're biblical. growing together. It, it's so biblical, to of course. But yes, we are so much like one flesh that it's it's really uncanny. There are times when I will pick up the phone. Like right now, she was just beeping my phone trying to call me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm talking about her, but she doesn't know that. But I would pick up the phone ready to call her, and the phone will ring. She's calling me. Do you find, uh, do you find, Gene, that there are times when you will be thinking something, and your partner will vocalize the same exact thoughts, and you'll sort of, uh, you'll, you'll mention, I was just thinking that, that sort of thing. You're like on the same wavelength. Happens all the time. There's, it's not a thing where we don't. You know, we're apart from each other all the time because we're together all day long. We, we're around each other. We work together. We right. vacation together. We, I mean, there's no, almost never we go someplace alone. You know, we always are together. We still hold hands. I mean, uh, that is so people, sweet. 
if people could have this kind of a relationship in their lives, I tell you, they'd never stray. They would always want to be with that person that they love, and they would never go looking anywhere else. And Absolutely. that's a special kind of a relationship that I don't think many people have that. I think most people would like to have something like that, but I think it just isn't there. And I'll tell you that we grew into this. We didn't, when we initially got married, it wasn't, it wasn't this way. I mean, sure, we loved each other and everything, but it got better and better as we went through the tough times together and we helped each other out and got to know each other more and more intimately to where we truly have grown to become one flesh. I have to say, I I feel similarly. I mean, I haven't been together with my girlfriend as long, but I feel like I'm in a sort of similar position where we think alike, we're sort of, we're growing together, uh, we're moving, you know, in the same direction together. I don't ever get tired of being around her. I know there are are some people that they don't, you know, they just want to get away from their significant other. Uh, You know, I I think it has been getting better and better, and I totally agree, and I I feel a lot of the same things going on in my relationship, and I wish everybody could have something like that. And I don't know why people keep trying. I mean, if if you've got a relationship, Relationship that seems to be getting worse and worse over time. Why bother continuing to try to salvage it? I understand some people get together and they have kids and they feel like they owe something to the kids. And I think that might be a huge factor in why so so many relationships are so bad, just because so many kids are accidental. But I would love your thoughts on why it is that people keep trying things that aren't working with their relationships, Gene. Well, I think that you, I think that anybody can have this kind of relationship if they dedicate themselves to do it. And it's hard. Uh, it's hard looking at that at the beginning of the relationship and saying that it can work. But mm-hmm. it certainly, if you look at it from my perspective, which is 14 years into it, and I look back at it, I say that it, it's due to really wanting to make it work and really putting your effort into it. So I, think some, I, it, I think, think some of it. I think some of it's just from you know it's starting. I, I think of it. Some of it is is just uh, you know like the the chemistry works early on though. I, yeah, that some usually of that. fades within a year. So relationship experts will say after about a year or so that you really need to start working on it more and you have to want it to work otherwise. Because that that initial spark of love and romance, well, it'll start to fade. You'll still have the love there, but it, it's not going to be like it was the first year. 20 years down the line. I'm glad my relationship isn't like it was the first year. I mean, it was good the first year, but it's better now. Yeah, but some people expect it to stay like it was the first year forever. I see. And the same feelings, if, the same... Gotcha. Yeah, you can't have that stay forever. It just doesn't work. That's not how humans are programmed to be. So if you're looking for that feeling, you're going to be switching around from partner to partner. But right. if you want something more, something that you, you grow towards, that's definitely well, possible now, for everyone, I think. My experience is that it's getting better and better every year, so... I, I think it's better than the first year. Yeah. I'd have to say my marriage is better than it was the first year. Well, now, I think I, I like what Gene touched on when he said something about dedication. And, Mark, this is an area where you've seen some change in your life mm-hmm. since you've met your your wife, your now wife, Laura. Yeah, I uh, really did expect to her, do that. Before her, you were more of like a womanizer, right? I, mean, I don't you, know. Womanizer is such a mean word. <laughs> <laughs> I was good women. at I was good at being single. Yeah, I, but you weren't interested in pursuing that sort of a relationship. I didn't want. So, I, I didn't particularly want a long, long-term relationship. No. Right, but as a result, your the relationships you had weren't as fulfilling as they might could have been. I mean, do you feel like the, your relationship with Laura is su- significantly different than the ones that you've had in the past? In yes. that way, 
It absolutely is. And, and, and it was it, all in your head, right? As to some as... extent, to, to some extent, it sort of it came naturally. I didn't expect to find the greatest woman in the world, mm-hmm. had no intention of finding her, didn't want to find her, and did. How did that work for you, Gene? How did you end up uh, meeting your, your wife? Well, we just met us in a library. You know, I just saw her reading a book, and I said, hi, how are you? You know, I, well, actually, I didn't say that. She was reading a newspaper from a town I used to live in, so I asked her if she was from there. And, of course, she wasn't. She was from China. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't tell in the United States when somebody is Asian, whether they're from U.S. or from somewhere else. Right. But um, So you struck up a I conversation, and uh, you went from there. Where did you take her out to coffee yeah. or something like that? Where did you uh, go from the library? I, oh, yeah. Well, I, I asked her out to uh, go eat go eat out and go to a movie, and uh, things just took over from there. But. I think that we've got uh, some seriously unhealthy relationships in this country, and I think a lot of it has to do with how people are meeting each other. Um, I feel like this is so widespread, but I can't really comment on it because I don't go to these places. But it seems like young people in America today, people in Generation X and Generation Y, they're spending their time looking for their significant others in clubs, you know, with loud, pounding music, people just looking to get drunk and meet somebody. Uh, You've got uh, these speed dating things, which I don't know how effective those things are for for meeting people. It just seems like there's this uh, air of desperation uh, out there, and it, I, I feel like the way people are meeting in America today is, is unhealthy. I well, think here's, that it, what, here's what I'd like to add yeah. before, we, before we end, and that is that if people, I mean, people think that the way to happiness is to just be free, but I've found that the way to happiness is to be bound to somebody so closely that you're both free, because now you're both you, you don't have to go out looking for all that anymore. You have got in your other partner the things that complete you. So you are a, com- a complete individual, even though you're a couple, if that makes any kind of sense. I think it does. I, I, I feel it, it makes does. perfect sense to me. I can tell you that uh, I didn't make as good of uh, financial choices. I didn't work as hard um, when I was single. I spent a lot of money on the, the pursuit of women mm-hmm. uh, going out. You have to be available. You, they, they don't come into your living room. So... You know, there are little it things. Money to be out. If you're together with somebody like that, somebody that you really click with, and that your your relationship is constantly improving with, and if you make, especially if you're making an af, uh, an active effort to improve. I mean, we've talked about setting goals on this show before, and I have to say that now that I'm in this relationship, I can actually get up on time in the morning better. It's not because she's there; she's not. It's just that it's important to me to do what I say I'm going to do because I have somebody to be accountable with. And uh, you know, Gene, this has to be one of your best calls. I uh, I totally agree. With with everything you're saying here. It's great. Thanks. Well, we agree on most things. Yeah. Indeed, sir. Any other thoughts? No, sir. Thank you for the uh, the information and the story. 800-259-9231. So you're welcome to comment. Uh, maybe tell us about your relationship and, and it's, how it has progressively gotten better over the years. And uh, it's proof that Free Talk Live is about anything you call about. It, it absolutely is. And I have to say that that was a really useful call. I feel like there are so many people that are just in unhealthy situations. I mean, young people today, it's not about relationship. It's about hooking up. You know, there. This is this term, this weird term that doesn't really mean anything. It just means some sort of physical uh, get together. It doesn't necessarily mean sex. It can mean sex. It can mean just uh, making out with somebody. But yeah, well, that's in the same respect. I think that there's some people that just aren't ready for the longer term relationships yet. Right. Like, uh, uh, say, Mark, before I wasn't ready, um, but you know, th- th- that was my opportunity, and and she was gonna hang on and and get me ready, and you so. Know, I'm in a relationship right now that I'm very happy with, but it took 
bad relationships to get here. So oh, I learned a lot from the other ones. I think that's <laughs> I think that's very valuable is to have the bad relationships so you can really appreciate the good one when it when it yes. comes along. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I've had a really bad one myself. You can bring up anything. Hour three is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. As we launch into hour number three, the SACL CAI toll-free line again, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. More zero-tolerance nonsense on the way. Uh, and once again, that is freetalklive.com. But first to the phones and the fun. Dan in Michigan, you're on the line. Hello, Dan. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind? Um, uh, well, I wanted to talk about the police state we have, but then I thought of something else I wanted to talk about, and that's how buying American is un-American. How so? Because as an American, I believe that buying the best product out there is my my freedom. And... Just because it's made in America doesn't generally make it the best product. No, it absolutely doesn't. In some cases, it is. Um, I think that if you make your... uh, Likely, the businesses that are left manufacturing in America are making some of the highest quality products out there. It certainly didn't use to me that. It doesn't mean that entirely now. But in in a lot of cases, the ones that are making the highest end products are making the best products. The the companies that are making junk can't really compete with China and other... In other countries. But exactly. Yeah. With automobiles, it may not be the case. That's a great point, Dan. Did you have any other thoughts? Your cell phone's kind of iffy. Oh, I'm sorry about that here. Let me fix that real quick. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you can fix it. But if you've got another point, go ahead real quick. Is that better for you? Not much. Bit. Go ahead a little, uh, real quick with your next point. Um, well, the next point was um, on the police state and how um, police officers around here think they can pull us over for anything they generally want to. Apparently they can. Um <laughs> Recently, I was pulled over for OUID, which is operating while under the influence of a drug. Really? And I asked the officer why he pulled me over, and he said, for leaving a suspicious area with high drug traffic. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't seem like an actual yeah. reasonable suspicion or probable cause. So apparently because you live in an area where some people got busted for dealing drugs, automatically you're a suspect. That's nice. Yeah, and well, this, this happens a lot, and I, I hate to bring up other people, and my dad... He's a lawyer, and he he's like, um, well, the Michigan State Constitution says they can't do that. Our laws say they can't, and they're probably going to get me off. Well, all you have to do now, that's good that Dad happens to be a lawyer, and that's really what it takes is people challenging the system. Instead of just bending over and letting, you know, taking the plea bargain like most people, actually challenging the um, the charges that they're putting up against you, that's the only way you can beat them. But not everybody has that option. No, most people don't. You're right. And thanks for the call, Dan. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I'd like to address this buying in America um, patriotic thing. Okay. And, and I, I have to agree with Dan. I have a, a bit of a problem with the whole idea of, of buying American. Um, you know, certainly I want to give jobs to Americans. I think that's a great thing. But remember that, uh, for instance... That's you not know, your responsibility as a consumer. It's it's not. And, and I think that it's it's to some extent irresponsible. Um, for, for instance, Walmart, it employs a great deal of Americans selling its Chinese stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, those Chinese people employ Americans because only Americans can sell Americans' things. They have to have cashiers that are here in America. They have mm-hmm. to have salespeople that are here in America. 
Um, also, why is it okay to buy, like, for instance, I don't know, uh, Michigan. They, they make Fords outside of Detroit, Dearborn, Michigan. Um, why is it okay? Why do I have to buy a car from, um, you know, Michigan? Why shouldn't, shouldn't I be responsible for buying a car that's made here in New Hampshire? I mean, if if I started manufacturing uh, cars here in New Hampshire and I sold them for a quarter million dollars a piece, wouldn't all the good, honest, patriotic Americans in New Hampshire have to buy those cars? And shop locally. Right. Uh, shop well, locally, right? Well, if there is something to the concept of purchasing regionally, then yes, the more local you get, theoretically, the better your purchases are. But that doesn't work. It, right, because the Honda dealer here in New Hampshire, in uh, you know, in Keene, will tell you it's important to buy locally. But he buys Hondas or, you know, whatever. <laughs> so uh, there's there's people in Japan that are making money off of him. Our, our con- economy has become so global that... Right. Really, it, it's not that big of a deal. Consumers shouldn't limit themselves, uh, limit their options to only things that are available from companies locally. It's just, it's a silly thing, and it's only going to result in you getting subpar products. You might get some good products, but if there's something else out there at a lower price that does the same thing, you'll why have less buying buy power. I can assure you of yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to cost a pretty penny more. I went to buy myself a can opener at the, the local store. They wanted over ten bucks for it. I have two dollars. Like I the need kitchen a can store? opener, yeah. the one in the Mall? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and and I'll bet you that can opener wasn't made in America. <laughs> and no here's the hell. here's the other thing is there's a factory in China with 200 people in it that are manuf- that's manufacturing the goods that I have. That is not the entire equation. You know, there's a a ship that's I don't know registered to uh, Liechtenstein or something like mm-hmm. that, Liberia that uh, brought Cargo. it over here. Yeah. Um, there's uh, there are people that uh, there's guys in trucks that drove it um, from American the port truck here. Drivers, sure. There there's a company that uh, markets that here in the United States with their name on it. There's all kinds of Americans that work for that company. There's uh, a company that sells it, the um, you know Walmart or whatever. They've got all kinds of employees there. There's far more Americans in the equation than there are any other product. So also. There's just so many different products that are manufactured around the world that you can't find manufactured in America. So if you want to live your life by this absurd, I only buy American rule, you're either lying to yourself and just not checking on some of the products you're buying. I don't believe anybody actually does this. I think they talk a good game about it. I think they talk about how they consider it important. But there are so many things. Electronic devices. Many of those are not manufactured in America because it's just... It's just not economically viable. Well, it's also very difficult. If you're living a normal life in society, um, shopping at the wherever, any outlet stores or anything like that, it's almost impossible to buy only made totally. stuff that's made in America. It's certainly impossible if you want to live a life in the 21st century. Yes. You know, if you want a computer or a video camera or any of the uh, any of the other neat gadgets. I know, Mark, you just got your spiffy new Treo thing yep, here. Yeah, got a new Treo. I bet you that wasn't put together in America. Likely it wasn't. And if it was put together in America, it would probably cost me $1,500. And if it was put together in America, that doesn't mean the parts didn't come no. from China. Or or the part forget or the Japan. parts. What about the uh, what about the materials that were used to make make the parts? Yeah, where'd that come from? Where'd it come from? The plastic and stuff, the metal. And you know, then then you go on a little farther, and you know, like for instance, some people just moved to America. You know, they're the first generation. Should I buy anything that uh, from a company that employs first generation people? Mm. Um, you know, it, you know. Uh, Immigrants that have not yet got their citizenship. Right. I think you should only buy products from people that uh, are blue blood, that yeah. have been in America Three since, generations. Right. At least three generations since the Pilgrims. Yeah, it's absurd. There's no, there's no virtue in paying more for products. 
There's nothing virtuous about that. There's nothing good inherently about buying locally and paying more. No, if you can buy locally and pay it's less. It's good for um, the mom and pop business that uh, perhaps doesn't want to compete um, you know, in the area of service or something like that. Um, like for instance, Cannondale. Maybe they get some of their. Cannondale's a bicycle company, okay. um, and they make high-end bicycles. Maybe they get some of their customers from the fact that they're American-made. But likely, they get most of their um, customers because people want to own a Cannondale. They want to own one of the best bicycles in right. the world. If they didn't, they'd buy a, a Huffy or something like that, which Zippo lighters. You know, I don't know if those. I think those might be American-made. I'm not sure, but. They certainly cost more. Fact is, you can get all kinds of Zippo ripoffs from overseas, but somebody, for some reason, still continues buying Zippos because there's a warranty that's associated with them. There's mm-hmm. a level of customer service. There's Lifetime, also there's a I mystique that goes with them too. Right. I have a Zippo. Yeah. Exactly. The same so, reason that people buy Harley Davidsons. So let's just let people buy from wherever they want to buy from and let people trade with whoever they want to trade with and not get so uppity about it. If somebody's offering a good product or a good service, it doesn't matter to me where they lay their head at night. That's silly. Yeah. Our, our economy would grind a halt if everyone in America only bought American-made products. It uh, totally would. We're Industry not even, just wouldn't work. We're not educating our kids to, uh, to, to work in factories anymore anyway. You know, the, the public school system doesn't, it, it, it isn't educating shop kids in shop. We're using computers that are built or end assembled in some other country. Absolutely, and thank goodness they are, because otherwise the motherboard in your computer would cost two to three times as much if it was manufactured here in America. Do you want to pay more for everything? Because if you want to pass laws that outlaw um, imports or heavily tax imports, then that's all you're doing to yourself. You, you, yeah, you're hurting the uh, the business of those overseas, overseas companies, but you're hurting yourself, too. And you're hurting your neighbors, and you're making it so we all have to spend more to get less. That's not a good deal. Borders. Ugh, they just make people act very silly, don't they? It's just lines in the sand. Who cares what products cross over them? Who cares where things are made? Judge products on whether or not they were uh, built in a quality manner. I certainly hope Huffy is uh, made in China because I don't know. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are totally free including the uh, wiki. Over 1,400 pages created by listeners like you. You can edit the wiki to your heart's content. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com, wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. Perhaps you may own or know someone who has a company that is struggling to collect money owed from past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves sidetracked by the arduous task of trying to collect on these accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiency and the vexing task of collections. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones to the fun. Talk to Roger, listening in Santa Cruz, KSCO. Hello, Roger. Hey, good afternoon, guys. How's everybody? Great. Good. What's on your mind? Um, I just wanted to chime in on the American-made products. I tend to buy American-made products because I, I do look. If I'm going out to buy something... I mean, if it's a cheap piece of plastic that I know is going to be made in Taiwan, 
yeah, okay, no big deal. But I do ride a Cannondale, you know, and there is something about riding a nice handmade American bike that I've had for 12 years. Sure. Now, um, mm-hmm. before you go on on the Cannondale, did you buy a Cannondale because it was made in America, or did you buy a Cannondale because it's a fine bicycle, or did you buy a Cannondale? I bought a, the Cannondale because it was handmade okay. in America. Okay. I mean, it was a combination of things. It was made by hand. It wasn't slapped together by a machine. Sure. I mean, there was a craftsman who made my bike. Yeah, and there is absolutely a difference. I can I can tell you. I've I've ridden b- both, and you know, it's a huge difference. It's so smooth. I've had you it wouldn't for 12, believe it. Twelve years now. Yeah. You know? And it's it's still my main choice to, uh, mode of transportation. What's the uh, What's yeah. the warranty and the service like? Is it also pretty good as well? Um, well, there's a lifetime warranty on the frame. That's, that's pretty great. If the frame ever breaks, I send it back to them, and they send me a brand new frame. Um, now, what about uh, protecting this uh, hand, handmade, uh, you know, bicycle, the Rolls-Royce of bicycles? Uh, I mean, other people, people know that it's a Cannondale, too. Yeah, it's in my room. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it hangs on my wall at night. Yeah. I, I don't leave it outside overnight. See, now, I've got a, uh, uh, shoot, I have a bike, and it was likely made by a machine over in some foreign country. And... I keep it uh, locked up on, uh, you know, some little chain that I managed that I got at Walmart, and I keep it locked up to a post on my front porch. If somebody wanted to get it badly enough, they certainly could. And I don't even take that chain places with me when I go really? to stores. Wow. I leave the bike unlocked. It's pretty no brazen. One's ever, I don't think it's brazen. I think that most people are good, and they're not going to steal. It's true. Most people <laughs> are. Doesn't mean that will stop you from getting stolen from. Maybe in Keene, New Hampshire, but this is California. Sure, I understand understand the difference of where you are and where I am. (laughs) Now, Roger, I'm not saying there's anything bad inherently with buying American products. I just think that uh, that consumers should judge based on quality and craftsmanship and warranty and all the other things. If they, if you slap a made in American, uh, made in America logo on something, that to me doesn't do much to really increase the value of the actual product being offered. Uh, well, not necessarily, but it tends to, I mean, if you look at a couple of the products we we were talking about, say, Cannondale, Zippo mm-hmm. Lighters, things like that tend to have a warranty. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if my Zippo Lighter breaks, because I also own a Zippo Lighter that I've had for three or four years now, mm-hmm. if, if it breaks, I can send it to Portland, Oregon. And they'll send me a new letter. Right. Absolutely. I, I would, when you're talking about manufacturing, manufacturing most of the manufacturing jobs of the um, of lower end products are already gone. At this point, exactly. if you, if you exactly. manufacture in the United States, it, it essentially means you have a high end product. Now, that may or may not exactly be true with automobiles, but you have with, to be outstanding. Right. Yeah. With, with, you know, it, it, to be still in America, you have to be Cannondale, Zippo, Harley Davidson, because somebody's already cut your throat in the 1980s. Now, the difference is. What we're talking about is, um, you know, Walmart versus the mom and pop stores. I don't feel that the mom and you know the mom and pop stores really have much of a uh, place to say you should buy locally when they're not providing superior service in some manner or another. Now many of them do, and that's how and they many stay of them in do, and that's how they're going to stay in business. Okay, yeah, I might have heard that part because I, you know, out here in Santa Cruz, we just tuned in up at the top of the hour there, so right. Yeah. But yeah, I just I did one in time, and I, I ten things that are made here, other than cars, in my opinion. I also haven't drone for driven for eleven years. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
But things that are made here other than cars tend to be of a higher quality. I think that tends to be the case because of the reasons Mark was pointing out, because they right. understand that in order to be competitive in the world economy, they do have to take that next step. But I think that it's, uh, it's folly to believe that that applies across the board. Exactly. Just because it's got a little American flag sticker on it does not Exactly. Mean it I'm not, you really should do your due diligence. Consumers shouldn't stop there. Just because you see the American flag sticker doesn't mean it's a hallmark of quality. That just means that that company's pandering to the element that, you know, believes that's a hallmark of quality. It doesn't necessarily mean that. It's sort of like walking into Walmart and thinking that because they have the, you know, the rollback program that you're guaranteed the best price. Not so. Some of their prices are good, but they're right next to products where they've raised their price a little bit in order to, uh, you know, sort of have a loss leader to get you in the door to spend more than you expected to. So always consumers should be, you know, caveat emptor, buyer beware, do your due diligence, and don't write off other countries' products just because they weren't made here. Roger, great call. Thanks for making yeah, it. Yeah, really great call. 800-259-9231. And another thing is about quality of merchandise. Sometimes the quality of the merchandise that you buy is important. Sometimes you can get away with buying something that's not so important. A throwaway. Sure. Uh, and, and so, you know, it depends. You have to look at, you know, those things. I, yeah, I think that when, uh, when you're buying something that you intend to keep for a lifetime, buy the good one. Because from wherever you'll spend it, less money in the long run. Right, from wherever it is that it comes from. Whatever's the best, that's what you're looking for. But when you're looking at a kid's bike, for instance... They're going to outgrow it. They're going to outgrow it in maybe uh, you know, 12 years on the same little uh, bike with training wheels. Bing, bing. You know, isn't a good idea. <laughs> exactly. All right. But if you're going to use that uh, Cannondale as your primary source of transportation, like Roger does, and I applaud him for it... I'd like to say that I purchased a uh, I, I purchased a bike at Walmart mm-hmm. and I thought I could get away with going the cheap route. Turned out the thing wasn't it just wasn't put together very well. I came back, got another one. This one wasn't put together very well. So luckily Walmart's got a nice return policy and I could you know bring the other one back and get my money back. And then I went to the local bike shop. Now I don't know where my bike was manufactured. But it was sold by a local mom-and-pop store. It was twice as expensive, mm-hmm. but it was put together right. Yeah. And the guy's friendly, and he knows me when I come back in there, and uh, it's, it's just a great little relationship, yeah, business relationship. Yep, he sells um, service, and you're getting it, and you need yeah, it. Exactly. All right, so uh, anyway, 800-259-9231, buyer beware, caveat emptor, consumers should do their research, and don't automatically presume things about products because of where they were made. Many Chinese products are of inferior quality, but that doesn't mean they all are, and many American products are of a superior quality. It's true, but that doesn't mean they all are, all right? Let's continue and talk to Michael in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live, Michael. Um, hi. Uh, hi. I was wondering, uh, you were talking about how they were using it being something being on public property as an excuse to search your car with drug dogs. Yes, uh, Are we going we to see that incrementally play out so that they start searching people with drug dogs and just start searching people with batons and then just randomly just strip-searching people, maybe? Uh, it certainly could expand out. I mean, we talked about earlier in the show that the U.K. is looking at having a cigarette identification card, a smoker's, uh, a smoker's card, basically. And, yeah, it wouldn't be very hard for them at all to pass a law that says, oh, we can approach you on the street at any time and demand your smoker's ID. Absolutely, they can shake people down like that. Thanks for the call, dude. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This 
is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female Listeners is there. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. And if you are a lady listener, consider sending in your picture for the Shrine. Once again, shrine.freetalklive.com. And do you need a new computer but don't seem to have the money or credit to buy one? MyPCCredit.com is your answer. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks and no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start from 22 bucks a month, so go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com as we go to the phones and to the fun. Matt in Illinois on the Amplifier line. Hello, Matt. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Hey. What's on your mind? Uh, first off, about the tools, I, um, I supervise two guys from Bulgaria. Okay. And they often lament about they used to be able to buy American tools in Bulgaria, and they can't buy American tools anymore. There's no more tools made in America. And, hmm. Strange. And they love American tools. There have I, to be some tools. Craftsmen. Did craftsmen not uh, no, made in America? No, they're made in China now. Really? Craftsmen used to be made Snap in on? America. Now they're made in China. Snap on? Snap on might be. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Snap on used to come around to our shop, but they don't come around anymore. Hmm. So I haven't, I haven't visited a Snap on truck in a long time. Interesting. All right. What else? Uh, the other, the other thing is, I wanted to revisit for a second the uh, the concept of the smoking permit. Sure. And you had taken that beyond the smoking permit to the fatty food permit. Mm-hmm. Correct. It seems like the next logical extension or illogical, whatever you want to look at it, the crazy government, and inevitably they'll move down that path. Right. So let's say ten years from now, this is pretty much inbred in the American system. And you know you have to have your permit to eat your fatting foods when you're walking out in public. And so some, um, maybe a middle-aged woman, smallish type middle-aged woman's walking down the street eating a Twinkie. And some uh, state thug comes up to her and says, hey, where's your permit for eating the Twinkie? Mm-hmm. And she said, I don't have my permit with me, officer. And so then they arrest her. And pull her in jail and throw her in jail for three or four weeks or five weeks or however long they want because she refuses to cooperate with their system now. Mm-hmm. So that that's the same thing that's happening to Lauren Canario. Yeah. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, you're right. Lauren Canario, mm-hmm. our friend who was arrested for not having her papers uh, in order, she did not have her government driving papers. Doesn't mean she can't drive. She just didn't want to play by their silly little rules and their silly system. And you're sort of drawing a parallel because a lot of people, they don't understand. A lot of people get very upset when somebody like a Lauren Canario gets in trouble for something like that. They demand that other people follow the same rules that they believe they have to follow. and uh, they, they do have to follow. And they get very <laughs> upset about it when somebody doesn't want to do that that and they want to see them punished to the fullest extent. You're saying that people are going to say the same thing if people don't have their Twinkie permits? That's, I have to have right. my Twinkie permit. How dare she not have hers and not participate in the system? Exactly what exactly what my point was, that now people are going to be going, you know, I had to go out and pay my taxes and get my chocolate bar permit or Twinkie permit or whatever. Yep. And and she deserves to be arrested and thrown in jail. Right. It's not that people want to have a Twinkie permit. It's not that they want necessarily to have to jump through all these hoops. It's just that they resent it when other people aren't jumping through the same hoops that the government's holding up for them. That's 
That's right. That's That was my point that I wanted to bring up. Matt, great call. Thanks for making it. We appreciate the analogy. They Eight, certainly don't understand it. Nope. 800-259-9231. But maybe as more and more people start doing what Lauren has done and opting out of the system, not participating, they'll start to get it. Maybe. Well, Kat Canning has a little story over at the Keen Free Press that ties in here. KeenFreePress.com, uh, sort of one of the primary news sources for the latest on the Lauren Canario situation. Kat asks, what happens when someone wants to opt out of government? I say opt out, but normal people don't opt in explicitly. There is no form to sign that says, yes, I want this government to rule over my life. Mm -hmm. People opt in implicitly by voting or taking government benefits. But what happens when a person decides, no, I don't want government anymore. I don't want the supposed benefits. I don't want the supposed protections. They're in big trouble. I don't want the costs. I don't want these things, these evil things done in my name. What happens then? Mere accident of birth is not justification for being ruled by government. A person can be born here, want to live, and still not want to be part of the system. Well, accident of birth, I mean, it's not an accident of birth that you'd be born in one of the 191 countries around the world that all have a government. She's saying it's not justification for being ruled. That's all. I we understand governments are everywhere. Mark. Governments are everywhere. That. Uh, a contract is made when both parties consent. That's what contracts are all about. Uh, when one party is not consenting, it's force. It's not a real contract. The social contract myth makes no sense. It's social social contract is this fantasy that uh, only real you know socialists believe in, and it does. It's not a. It's just not reality. There is no such thing. Anyway, Lauren Canario is choosing to opt out. She takes no benefits from the government that aren't forced upon her. She just tries to live her life in freedom while not harming anyone else. So when government makes demands upon her, as it is wont to do, she does not cooperate. When government demands she register her car, she doesn't comply. When government demands she step out of her car, she doesn't comply. When government demands she goes to court, she doesn't comply. There are those who say Lauren receives benefit from government, so she should pay for it. Transactions in the marketplace, however, must be voluntary. A person can't come into your driveway, work on your car without your permission, and then demand that you pay for the unasked service. Lauren is surrounded by government roads. There's no way for her to leave her home without using them. So she's actually forced to pay for them now with the gas tax, which is supposed to maintain the roads. And if this were a voluntary transaction, it would be fine. If she had a choice of private versus public roads, I'm sure she would choose private and pay for her usage of them. On October, and she does, you know, she pays for the gas, so therefore she is paying that tax. Mm -hmm. On October 2nd, Lauren was arrested for failing to comply with an officer during a traffic stop. He demanded her license and registration and was frustrated that she would not give them to him. She didn't have any to give. Now Lauren's being held in prison for refusing to voluntarily enter the court. While she continues to refuse to comply with government demands, she will be held indefinitely on contempt of court. In essence, she has been given a life sentence in prison for what she isn't doing. A life sentence might be pushing it. Sooner or later, they're going to let her out. And now she was arrested for resist, supposedly resisting arrest, doing nothing, not actually not driving with the government without without government papers, right? There were five charges that were thrown at her: disobeying a police officer, uh, expired drivers, not expired, but uh, she suspended. didn't have registration, suspended driver's license. But as I understand others. it, and uh, driving without a license and unregistered vehicle is not an arrestable offense. It's a, they give you a citation for that normally. So. Interesting. I think the reason... Maybe that, disobeying is an arrestable offense? Oh, yes. And uh, okay. also resisting arrest because he asked her to get out of the vehicle 
And right. she just sat there. She didn't actually resist, though. That's she, correct. She's just sitting there. But she doesn't yeah, fight back. Yeah, but it's still called resisting arrest. So apparently doing nothing now is resisting. So. Well, it's the first time she's ever been... I, th- I think that may be the first time she's been charged with resisting arrest. So she's done the same thing the last four times she's been arrested. Mm-hmm. And that is, she just doesn't assist the officers. She right. makes it so they have to lift her or carry her from one point to another. She'd never been charged with resisting arrest before. But they're getting frustrated. You could see on the video yeah. of it that, that she... Was fr- the police were frustrated by And anyone her. who thinks that the government is going to be uh, consistent is just mistaken. They're not. Right. I mean, they, you know, they, they're inconsistent all the time. So that, that, it's, it's something you sort of have to expect. Teach her a lesson. She'll never do this again, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know who's going to teach whom a lesson here. If I know Lauren, I don't think she's uh, going to continue. She's not going to comply once she gets out of jail. And I think you're right, Mark. It's not going to be a life sentence because the political pressure is going to continue to build. But basically, she's in until they decide it's politically expedient to let her out. I'll give you that. Uh, there, there, she... There's no arraignment process here. She's not going into the courtroom voluntarily, so they're holding her until she's willing to do that, which she is not ever going to be willing to do. Uh, So they're going to eventually just get tired of dealing with her Mm -hmm. and put her back out on the street, which is how it happens every single time. And as the longer they hold her, the more likely more activists will get uh, get involved in going out to the protests at the jail and uh, bringing more media attention to the case. And And more inmates uh, finding her tactics to be appealing. Exactly. Yeah. The longer Lauren hangs around the inmates, the more her ideas will spread. And they don't want that happening. No, they don't. Uh, The inmates have already already begun chanting uh, for. Free Lauren and singing Free Lauren songs against the rules of the jail. They've, there's a rule against doing that, and the inmates are doing it anyway. Wow. Why not? What else do they have to do? 800-259-9231. You take control in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it right now at 1-800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there, totally free. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. There are 41 categories to shop in, new and used items. You buy all used, we'll still get a percentage. It's really a great deal for us and a great deal for you because the prices are super. There's free Super Saver shipping on many items, and the selection is tremendous. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Start your shopping experience there as we go to the phones to talk to Don in Kansas City. Don, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, fellas. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I just want to tell you a couple things. Um, First thing, this weekend I did my first... uh bit of activism for Ron Paul. Oh, really? Uh, what you do? was that? Yeah. Oh, man, it was awesome. We just basically did a, a march along a couple of real busy intersections, and uh, we had about, I don't know, 35 people show up, families and everything. Held signs? Uh, yeah, held signs. Excellent. Gave out uh, liberty cards, things like that, and um, it was just amazing, the uh, response. Tons of honks, tons of go Ron Paul, so... Excellent. I mean, that, and when that you see that, is, doesn't it make you think that it really could happen, that Ron Paul could really be the President of the United States? It makes you feel like it, it just makes you feel like a million bucks. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, the, the second thing, and I'll just take the response off the uh, off the uh, mm-hmm. phone. Is me and my friend were talking about zoning. Yes. And yes. He, yeah, and I hate it too. But he had an interesting situation, and his neighbor, I guess, is just letting their house run down, and it's affecting his property values. Sure. And he's saying, how does that jive with the libertarian concept of, you know, if they're if they're robbing your uh, value or hurting your rights, you know, directly or indirectly, how does that jive? 
with you know forcing them to do something um, you know when their when their property is obviously robbing you of value. Well, um, I had an instance where uh, I actually it wasn't my house; it was my mother's house. But uh, you know, I was I was thoroughly involved in the sale of this house, and uh, the next door neighbors. They were camping in this house. I mean, they had uh, busted the water pipes somehow, and mm. they never got them turned back on. Uh, they'd come over sometimes and uh, you know borrow five gallon bu- waters uh, buckets of water. Mm. I you know <laughs> it was it was a very strange <laughs> experience. Um, they'd got their power turned off on a pretty regular basis. They were literally camping in this house. They'd have uh, junk cars uh, you know off to the side. Mm-hmm. I told the uh, you know I was I went put the house up for sale. I told the guy, look, uh, I'll give you a hundred bucks, get rid of these cars. I don't know if you really ad- addressed his issue. Uh, what, what, what do you do about people like that? You get away from them. Well, right. Well, the issue is that, and you're using some terms that I don't think are really fair. Uh, you know, you don't have a right to ever increasing property values. Right. You property don't. value is an, an arbitrary number put on by somebody else. Um, it's 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 not a real number. And it's the not, money that you the, the money that a uh, property is worth is what it sells for. And that person isn't robbing you of your property value. They're just being shoddy with their own property, and it happens to affect your property. If indeed we live in a marketplace situation where there is no government zoning board, and obviously the zoning board hasn't stopped this from happening, uh, but if we uh, live in a world where there is no zoning board to go and cry to about this. You, as a property owner, have to decide these things in advance. When you're looking to purchase a property, you need to look at the neighborhood. You need to look at the neighbors. You need it, It's not just enough to look at your own house. You need to look around your house, at the other lots, and see what else is going on there. And you need to look at deed restrictions. And you need to find out that you know if it is really important that you have a certain type of neighborhood to live in, where there's no chance that some scummy person's going to move in next door to you, then you need to have that in advance, indeed restrictions that say you can have cars in the front yard, you can have a washing machine on the side of the house, you know, you can have all this crap. And if you don't take those steps, then buyer beware, my friend. Caveat emptor. I, I find it hard to feel bad for someone in that situation. That's what I was trying to say. My point was, you know, if you want that, go to a place that has, you know, you know one of those gated neighborhoods or something. There are plenty of them. You don't even have to have a gate to have deed restrictions. There are yeah, lot. you know what I mean, though. Right. Yeah. CCNRs or whatever. And, and his point was that, you know, when he moved into the joint, these guys didn't live there. Now that they're there, why shouldn't he be able to, you know, bring the government strong arm in and clean them up if they're technically robbing them of what his house well, is worth? Here's, a, here's another not. solution that he could, ha- um, he could actually take into uh, account. Now, let's say that um, instead of you know, trying to get out of the situation, instead of living on a street of scummy people, and he has the only good house, that's the, they have the only bad house on the street. If they're a bunch of scumballs, they'll take a low offer on their house. Yeah, I gotcha. It's probably true. Buy, buy out the house, and then you own it. Then you rent it to whomever you wish. That yeah. is if you can afford it, of course, but, you know. At that point, you know, what, <laughs> what do you do? You know, what do you do when a person doesn't have, uh, how, how do you uh, combat it when a person doesn't have any money to uh, address the circumstance? Right. What? Yeah. My, my my basic my basic final up point was to him was um, you know in a, in, a, in a totally free society you can't guarantee a winner every time and you got to take the good with the bad and you only get as much freedom as you give so. right and Absolutely. he doesn't have a winner now yeah right, you know, right. I mean it's it's currently not working. We're, yeah, I hear you. Well, thanks ruled, a lot, fellas. Thank you. We appreciate the call. We're ruled by these zoning regulations, and as you point out, that there's still shoddy people living next door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably just angering your neighbor, going to right. piss them off Calling the more. bureaucrats on the people that were next door um, to my house would have done nothing to yeah. solve the problem. Nothing. Nope. Um, the bureaucrats would have come in and said, clean this up. 
you need to do this or this. And then, um, you know, maybe they would have gotten rid of some of the junk cars, but then what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bureaucrats, it would have made them angry, and then they would have likely wanted to do something bad to me later. Right, what's, their, what's the thing that they can do? I mean, what, government is an agency of coercive force. Government is force. That's what they do best. So if the government comes into the house of shoddy people and says, you need to clean up this front yard or we're going to fine you $500 a day. Oh, great. Well, they already can't afford to, you know, put food on the table. Mm-hmm. Now you want to charge them 500 for whatever reason. Maybe they're drug addicts. I don't know. Whatever their problem is, sex addicts, whatever. Uh, they can't afford their lifestyle. But now you're going to have government charging them because they're living a lifestyle that you wouldn't necessarily live. And they're not going to be able to afford to pay the government people. And the, it's not going to solve the problem to arrest the head of the household. That's not going to solve the problem either. Then he can't make any money right. to support yeah. his parents. So I feel I feel for the guy. You know, you bought a house. The neighbors were fine at that time. You thought everything was going to be fine onto the future. But that's just that's a lack of preparation on your part, my friend. Well, You're taking a risk. I don't know what the lack of preparation is, but the lack of preparation is if you want peace and quiet and pretty properties, you need deed restrictions to guarantee that. Otherwise, you are taking a risk. You're saying, I want the freedom to be able to do more with my property, and I'm willing to risk that someone else might do something they don't like with their property next door to me. That's the trade-off, see? If you I'll, want that I'll freedom. agree with you. The deed restrictions are really just bad. Or, or, um, zoning is really just bad deed restrictions. Poorly enforced, yeah. ineffectively enforced deed restrictions. Let's continue with the phone calls uh, and talk to Marcus in England. You're on Free Talk Live. Marcus. How are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? What I need to know is basically how is um, your country coping with the debt over there, i.e. with your mortgages and your bank charges? Because I know over here at the moment um, we have a policy now where we're allowed to claim back all our bank charges for overcharging and things like that. I've been going back for like six years. I mean, I've claimed back in your currency almost $3,000 going back. And at the moment it seems like the more you guys are getting into debt, without saying it too bad, the better it is for us because obviously we're, we're more or less quadrupling our money if we buy anything from your country. Yeah. Um, it, it, what he's talking about is the, the low dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, it, well, the mortgage mortgages certainly play into that, and uh, a lot of banks have uh, stepped up and instead, and they're basically giving people refis on thirty years if um, thirty year fixed if that's what they want, and they're doing mm-hmm. it for a very small amount of money. Uh, Washington Mutual came to me with a uh, two hundred dollar deal to you know switch to a thirty year fixed. I took it. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of the people, yeah, there's going to be some, you know, their their payments are going to increase. Yes, they absolutely are because a 30-year fixed costs more than, um, you know, per month than a uh, adjustable, but you know, and a lot of banks have been stepping up to do that. I I, I hope we don't have anything like that at all. We only have like two-year fixed mortgages, and then it changes again when the interest rates go up. But the oh wow, that's awful. In, that is yeah, awful. The government want to bring in something like ten years and fifteen years fixed mortgages, which you know the banks aren't prone to do anything like that because it's very um, controversial over here. Because at the moment with mortgages, it's virtually impossible unless you're on something. I don't know how can I do it in your currency. I mean over here in our currency. The average house, no, the average apartment, let's say a one-bedroom apartment, is about $350,000. Mm. Is that in London? No, that's just in any normal city. Wow. That is madness. That, now, is, that this, is, madness. is this two-year in, uh, mortgage deal, is this a government-mandated thing where banks can't innovate, they can't offer anything else? No, because if the interest rate goes up, 
say every six months then the bank puts their interest rates up but if you take out a fixed two-year mortgage obviously if they put the interest rates up it stays exactly the same okay but what they want to do now because so many people are getting so much debt and losing their properties the government wants to come out where right it's fixed for 10 years and 15 years and any anything that the bank loses the government will actually fund it like because i live in my premises at the moment and it's you know, through a local authority. Well, you've got to be careful. I mean, when governments... Uh, governments over here, I'm sure it's the same way over there, they work hand-in-hand hand with the banks, so if they're pretending like they're fighting over something, it's probably all for show. Hey, we're yeah. out of time, but thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you from across the pond. It has been Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.